This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unashamed. What about you? What got me was we were, we were going into the duck blind, going through a sea of moist coon crap and i said if there's ever a microbe that will kill you i would think it's coming out of the anal end of a coon you know what was you know i mean gary stevenson said he got up there one time and bleached the whole blind because there was a a, a, a owl that raised a young one and he said all these microbes on this on this feces coming out of that owl will kill you in a matter of days. If you're just so joining us, we've... He bleached the whole bunch. That's Dan's dad. We've stopped. If he'd have seen that this morning, we're just plowing through coon crap. Yeah. And it's moist, it's wet, and I was raking it out of the way, you know. Well, here's but what don't happens. mess with coon crap because you know it'll kill you. Let me just... Well, don't eat it. Remember this episode... about pandemic. I well, mean, a coon, they, it's bad enough with bats. Yeah. But when you got that coming out of the alien of a coon. Well, here's, huh. Phil, here's what happened. The, the river is rising, and so the ducks have scattered. And like this morning, the weatherman said it was going to rain today. And we have a hole that's set up. It just does better when it's raining. Yeah. But the weatherman got it wrong. I checked three stations that said the, er, the earliest one on when it was going to stop raining was noon. But it stopped raining at three or four in the morning. Right. So we all get down here later because we had all our decoys out. We were just going to hunt the same hole. We didn't shoot for five yesterday in the rainy day hole, which it never really rained yesterday. It rained during the night. Are you trying to say that the weather channel is not all it's cracked up to be as far as forecasts go? (laughs) So I have three (laughs) precious words for the weather people. The weather establishment. That are working the night shift. Yeah. Because I don't know about during the day, but the people that are working the night shift, do your job. (laughs) Because it's not, they're not even close. (laughs) So we get here and it feels like it's not raining. And I knew what that meant. We need to move. The problem is we're in a flood. (laughs) We left all our stuff. In the blind. Plus, when you say the words, we need to move in this setup, this situation, that's an ordeal. Is that fair enough? So what? Decoys, equipment, seating, shells, guns. And how you're going to get there. So, so look, I did a triathlon, uh, a (laughs) triduckathon. That's a good name. The triduckathon. It was a triduckathon. Here's what it was. That could be a new competition. That could be a a whole show, the triduckathon. And I'll tell you the competition, because this sums up the last four hours of my life i got in an argo with our with a uh chad who's a good hand stocky young 
and just built for for work because I've noticed he's a nurse practitioner, he's a nurse which practitioner. made it good for ailments, which you suffered during the many, morning. Many. What do they What do they do for fire ants when they? Well, just, we'll get to that. That was part of the obstacle course of the triduckathon. Was I got into a ball of fire ants at some point? I literally they because the hop the water's coming up, which is why the coons have crapped over everything. Because they're looking for a place, a new place to crap. to take a dump. Yeah. yeah. Well, dump blinds are perfect. They oh, have yeah. a roof. Yeah. You remember the year we hunted that one where nobody could remain standing because look, there was coon feces a foot deep in <laughs> yeah. the blind, and I had a buddy from Missouri who's not used to wading through <laughs> well, a raccoon dung. <laughs> Because he said, what is that smell? Because it's four daylight, and everybody was crawling in the blind. He said, what is that smell? He's like, I can't, I can't stand up. And I shined the light, and I said, that's some kind of poop, and it's a lot of it. I must interject here and say that as much coon crap as we have waded through back and forth in these duck blinds, I'm just saying, if there, and I think there are, there's microbes inside this feces <laughs> I know they're there. Yeah. I just hope we have an immunity to them because what? take the wrong man and drag him through coon crap. Jace, I don't know. Well, I love it that Jace said. It can't be healthy. I love it that Jace said his friend wasn't used to it like anybody would be. And why would you be? Well, Burley, who's, who's also a, is he a he's nurse? He's a nurse. Right? His a wife nurse. is a nurse practitioner, yeah. Which he's our other hand today. He was smelling. He said, well, I don't have the coronavirus. And I was like, how do you know? He said, because I can smell this coon dung. Dung. I said, are you trying to put a positive spin <laughs> on us? Well, that is a, that is true. We I basically guess. hunted a coon toilet, a big one, <laughs> outdoor version. So the first leg was get on the Argo, wide open, ruts, mud flying, out into our hole number one where all our stuff is, because we didn't have time to bail out the boat because it rained all night. So I said, we're taking this amphibious vehicle, and we're going straight to the blind. So for a while, we were on land. Mud was flying. Then it got into the amphibious version that I'm just propelling. And, and Chad, he, he's, he's not little. So when we get out there, this thing is a little bit rickety. Yeah, rickety. I said, easy, easy when you dismount. Because he said, well, what, what's the plan? I said, jump out. <laughs> I said, it's not over your waders, but it's close. But remember me, because I don't want you to flip me. And as prepared so as this we is were. Another, this is another uh, obstacle in the triduckathon, because yeah, now a, you've got dismounting of the people. It was kind of like you see these people spinning on these logs. Yeah. That's what I was doing, because when he dismounted, I, I just underestimated the amount of weight leaving <laughs> in that period of time. Oh, I, water came in, and I thought, because <gasps> I thought, I don't want to get wet at this stage, but we just, and he grabbed it, fortunately, and I was like, I told you to be easy, but he's like, hey, the, the, once the momentum, <laughs> once you get the weight leaving. He, he's not a small man. He's he just not. So we get all the stuff, tear out of there, Phil, they get a different boat. I said, we'll meet you at the blind. Well, now we're in deep water. So now we get We're about a, a mile from them. Yeah. So we get in a mud motor because you're racing because you're trying. I'm th I was like, I'm going to try to catch them because they were going to put the decoys out. So we're just literally throwing stuff, running, tearing, getting in the boat. I <laughs> tore out wide open. I, I said, get down in the bottom of the boat because you're going inches from trees. Yeah. And I was running 
wide open. Because <laughs> I wanted him to go ahead and get down because the worst thing that happened if you hit a tree in the backwater going wide open is you're going down. Oh, yeah. But if you're already down, it's not as bad. Or you're going out. I've seen people go that way as well. So we got up there, and they hadn't finished putting out the decoys. So then we take two boats to a to a location where I have a P-Row tide that's full of water because it rained. Yeah. So now we all I we he follows me on the boat. I take him back to the blind, drive him off, because now we've parked his boat. I go park the other boat, <laughs> get in the P-Row. And now how far am I from the blind in the P-Row? Quarter, about a quarter. Quarter mile. So I pick the P-Row up like it's a rag doll because my adrenaline's pumping, you yeah. know, which is why my back. Is, is, so is when did you get into the fire ants in the middle of all this? That hadn't happened yet. So I get in the P row. That keeps fast forwarding the story. I come back and I'm like 15 minutes after legal, but they were ready at legal shooting hours. So we have a good. Which is hunt. impressive that y'all pulled that off. We we have a good hunt. We shot 14 ducks. Well, one of the ducks I shot. This was a fascinating happening today. We're most most of the ducks. I think all the ducks up until this point had come in the decoy. We didn't see very many, but everything came into our spread, and it was which is what we like to do. But there were two wood ducks coming straight on, just like pie plates, and they were coming so fast. I thought maybe they're going to spin around and get in the decoys because they don't have enough runway. (laughs) I just know the speed they're traveling. They're either going to run into us. Or, or dart or, or back. dart back, but yeah. I thought I just want to see what happens, and so they 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 got right in front of us, and evidently one of them said, "Pull up, not enough runway," <laughs> and they veered <laughs> left. And by the time I got up, I only could get one shot off, and I folded the Drake, but he hit in an old camera stand that we had had. How high is that up in a tree? It's like a deer stand up in a tree. It was probably about 15 feet up. Okay. It's 15 feet up. Cause the, and our old cameraman, cameraman used to sit there and he film. Used to right. th- if he would have been in there. Well, that would have been this, the greatest shot It ever. would have decapitated our cameraman. <laughs> but, uh, it, the, but he would the, have died for the cause because it would have been the, right into oh, the camera. Here's what's funny. The wood duck hit the back of the chair. And I would say it's, what, 40 yards away? Mm-hmm. 50, and, 40. And, like, when he hit the back of the chair, it flipped him around, and he was just sitting in the stone chair? dead in the chair. <laughs> I was like, look at that. <laughs> he was just – I took a picture of it. But you have they to said, like, what's the odds that a duck would fall and land in one of our camera stands and be sitting on the right on the edge of it? I said, very slim. <laughs> I said, you talking about a daredevil. First of all, he tries to land when he didn't have enough runway. Then he pulled left, got shot, crashed into a seat, and just was sitting there up into the tree. He never moved all morning. <laughs> he just watched the action. Jace, well, how did so, you get that thing, by the way? Well, this I, I spent five minutes trying to climb the tree, which is not a good thing to do when the water is deeper than your waders. Well, and and to climb a tree in waders. Well, because Lyle is he can climb trees better than most humans. Yeah, and so he never liked people like we had a guest cameraman. He didn't want them to get in his stands, <laughs> so he wouldn't put a typical ladder. He he had the base of the ladder, which I saw it, but then he climbed limb to limb. But this was five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him and, way up in trees. Oh, Phil, he just dangerous up in trees. Oh yeah, <laughs> up there like with the wind moving. 
Uh, Isn't he from Arkansas originally? Oh, yeah. He's a hillbilly. Oh, something's so wrong with yeah. him. I don't know Born and bred But Arkansas. weird as in. So anyway, I took a push pole that's about 10 or 12 foot long because I tried to climb the tree, and then I thought, well, what if I just popped the seat? Because it was made of that kind of vinyl material. Because he was just sitting on the seat. <laughs> and I, I, I jabbed a couple of times because I couldn't get my, you know, my balance. Momentum. Yeah, and I'm up in the limb. <laughs> and I finally just popped it. And he just popped 10 foot up and came all the way down and hit the water. He was dry <laughs> up until that point, which was kind of weird. So then I go back, get the boat. And I was, tried to take a shortcut back. Because now we're, we're leaving so we can be here. And I ran up on a tree that had fallen during the hurricane that I didn't see. I mean, it, I, I could see the limbs, and I just came out of the water. But I'm in a heavy boat. Well, I'm stuck. I mean, I just whoop, and I'm like, oh, boy. And luckily, the my waders, I had like two inches of freeboard, and I just was maneuvering. Well, somewhere in there, I must have touched a ball of the ants because I kept thinking, why is my right arm hot? <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. I said, why is my right arm? But I kept looking and I didn't They don't really... call them fire ants for nothing. <laughs> so for the last hour, because they moved up the arm, went down the back, they explored the midsection <laughs> all the way down to my feet. I, I've been stinging bit, all the stinging way. Stinging all the way. And you just, so if I make a sudden weird, because when it, it's like a dart. Because there's so, probably somewhere somebody, some still alive. I'm somewhere. sure. I mean, I've killed probably a hundred. There's actually so. a little zit that they call every time they sting you. It's a zit there, a zit, a zit, a zit, a zit. And I mean, I've been just wrapped up with them. But he, he get you know before daylight, it's rough. Oh yeah. Because you don't know where they're coming from, what they're. Well, this on. was after daylight, but I, I just didn't. I was I was preoccupied, and I you know I kept like what what is what's wrong with my arm but when i finally noticed there was just tons of them in my black shirt my overshirt i was like oh no i know what this is ants <laughs> so i stopped and started killing all them <laughs> so the three events would be of, of the triduckathon would be the the argo at a high rate of speed in in the pouring down rain by the way it doesn't have a windshield or a roof i left that part out which is hard to do yeah cuz you can't you're sliding all over. How fast that? Yeah, I went as fast as it would go. Yep, wide open, and then the boat, and then the piro, and then the boat with the obstacles were the fallen trees yep. and the ants. Ants were another one. Yeah, so that was pretty well the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I just appreciated the fact that I had trained them so well. But a few times I said, "Well, maybe I overdid a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> let's let's take a break. So one of the things that the uh, pandemic has done is is obviously drive people indoors, which I, we can debate whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because it ain't slowed it down that much. But people are on their computers so much more. I mean, Dad and I had a conference call yesterday. Normally somebody would have flew down here, and we'd had that discussion we had with the publisher. But now we're all – you know how many different locations? that, that there were oh. That was six different people from yeah. six different locations. Yeah. So it's driven more people to the computer. My head was spinning a little. <laughs> Dad kept talking about the computer while he was on the computer. But what's happened is it's also opened up the door to criminals because when you see opportunity for, you know, what we were doing yesterday was a good thing. We're talking about a new book, Christian Ideas. There are people that go on the computer and try to steal from people. And one of the things that's kind of new 
uh, but it's increasing, is people stealing other people's titles for their home. Your titles, you know, you just don't have it laying around somewhere. It's at a bank, and it's stored somewhere in a computer, you know, or in a, some data space. So there's a one of our sponsors, HomeTitleLot.com. Uh, these guys uh, basically protect your title. And so what you want to do, if you want to check these guys out, you go to HomeTitleLot.com. Uh, you put in the code RADIO, and you're going to get 30 free days HomeTitleLot.com. Make sure you still got your home and protect it. Well, yeah, well, that's Dace. You're a little, you may be a little long in the tooth for the triducathon. What hey, when I go down? <laughs> you're going to feel it tomorrow. I can tell you that it will. It will be because my adrenaline. I mean, it was kind of fun because we had a good hunt. We made the right call. We were not going to be that successful at right. where we were going to hunt, and I blame the weathermen, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean they just can't get it right, and you would think modern technology and all the wisdom and the humanistic radar of our society, you would think they would get closer in that. Look, it's gonna rain till noon. No, nine hours off. <laughs> you can't believe anybody anymore, including the Weather Channel. <laughs> I just don't. I think they're lazy. Well, you know, you know I mean, one one thing is they're relying on computers, which dad will love this, for their modeling. Well, you know, a computer is not, it's a computer. It does some pretty good things. It projects, but it's algorithms and all that. I mean, it doesn't really know what weather is. It's just circuitry and what people put into it. All these computers, you can't even count votes. (laughs) Can't count one, two. But no, in fact, in fact, they were saying back during the lecture, everybody was, uh, Trump was saying it too, we need to go back to just writing it down. I mean, we want to go back 100 years because the the letdown of computers. They they, they want to go back to where I am. I'm still there. You're still in the write-in mode. I'm still there. All in favor? Aye. Aye. So while y'all been on these adventures and doing the Triducathon, Uh, I've been working with the ladies uh, on a new book project, which is, it's always fun and interesting to do them, but it's also exhausting. Because, you know, you spend, Dad, you and I have done it on several projects. When you sit there for three days in a row for seven or eight hours, and it's just creative, collective, because you got your ideas that you want for the book, but you got a person that's going to help you write it, and you're trying to get all this stuff out there. Boy, at the end of that thing, I was exhausted. Plus, Mom, you know, I've worked on a couple of projects with her before, but the older she gets, you're right. I, I, I'm with you now. You said the more she, the older she gets, the more she talks. She never stopped. Mom, Mom talked. I'd say two thirds of our discussion yeah. was Mom for hours, seven hours. Thirty or forty years, she was a quiet, meek woman. <laughs> but uh, she's still, she's still a great, meek. She's still a great woman, but now you can't shut her up. <laughs> she, but but she's I will, a talker. I will say this: uh, I think the book's gonna be fantastic. It's called Sister Roar. Uh, uh-huh. Who's writing it? It's Lisa and Mom. She usually makes sure she throws me under the bus. But yeah, she, she usually always comes back and says, but the Lord got him out from under. <laughs> she, she, so. she threw you in there a couple of times uh, during the discussion. But, we, you know, we've talked so much in our books about our past. And, of course, mom and dad's story, mom and Lisa's story. Um, Beth, who wrote Missy's book, is the one who's mm-hmm. writing the book, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. But it's really going to be good. It's it's a, it's a you know, biblical book about, you know, women especially. It's, it's written primarily for women. Uh, but, you know, they just get down and out. Just get, you know, they get. I will say, help. Al, uh, in the book of Acts, I mentioned it to Jace this morning in the duck blind. 
when some of this material <clears throat> begins to, when you study your Bible and you, you had the book of John where Jesus said, here's what's going to happen, guys. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem, and the chief priests and Pharisees of the law are going to arrest me, and, and I'm going to die. They're going to kill me, and in three days, I'm, I'm going to arise from the dead. Now, he told them that repeatedly. Matthew said it. Mark said it, recorded it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so what you're going to see is when you get in the book of Acts, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did die. He was buried. He was raised from the dead, like he said. But you're going to start seeing a built-in redundancy. It, it's going to cover, it's going to keep going back to that, keep going back to that, keep going back to that. The book of Acts, first paragraph, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men, gave many convincing proofs he was alive. Well, you would have to be raised from the dead to go around showing people, look, I'm really alive. Right. So he stayed with them for a while so they could see it with their own eyes. Yep. So they wouldn't say, well, you know, I don't know whether it was really they made a swoon. Maybe he really didn't die. No. So you got that. Well, then just a little bit, Peter's up. He said, this man was handed over to you by God said, that's chapter one. Well, now we're in chapter two. Well, you get in chapter three, you, you disown the holy and righteous one, and you ask that a murderer be released to you. You kill the author of life, but God raised it from the dead. It's going to seem redundant because it is redundant. And you say, why would God keep repeating himself to us? So you can't miss it. Right. He's trying to get Whoa. you to see enough evidence. Redundancy is in where you will say, well, I know what they preached in the book of Acts. They went to Jesus. They stayed on Jesus and what he did, what he's now doing, and what he will do over and over and over. So a human being is, is uh, <coughs> what's the word there if they don't get something? It's not because God didn't give it to them. But Phil, in the modern <laughs> culture, especially in the religious world, I think this is missed. I know it. So what do you what 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 do you think? Why there has to be some kind of evil forces out there, which the Bible says are there. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Here comes hollow and deceptive philosophy. Here, Blind, here blinding, comes the, blinding the minds. Here comes the implementation of of the kingdom of God on right. how you operate in the kingdom of God. They were together. They helped each other. They broke bread in their homes, and everything was everybody was happy. Well, just a little bit in the book of Acts, uh-oh, here comes the persecution and all, and they're all scattered, and they get scattered, and they begin to take the message further and further out because, remember, Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and, and, and when God's going to do that. When they ask him, well, about the kingdom, are you going to restore it now? You know, they thought there's going to be some kind of construct that would rule the world, you know. Right. He said, look, just start right here. And you'll go forth, beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And that's well, what they did. What I was going to say, I've tried to pattern my life and have these acts of God in, in my day-to-day -day life. You bet you. Based on my understanding of who Jesus is and my surrender to him. And I, I always viewed this as, you know, Acts 2 gets all the limelight because this happening the holy spirit being poured out and 
the mass sermon and you had 3000 people respond. I mean, what a moment we're always think like we're, we're speaking to the masses here, but then in the next chapter, which is chapter three, it, it like narrows into this one instant where it's a beggar laying at a gate, which, so I, I look at it like I've been fortunate through the power of God to be able to speak to large audiences, even though my biggest fear in life is speaking to large audiences or even small for that matter. But so I look at it like that. It's like, okay, you get those opportunities where you share Jesus maybe to a hundred, a thousand or even 10,000 people. But then they're, they were going to do something else. You know, Peter and John, they were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon and there's a man crippled from birth that was out there at the gate, which is ironic that the gate's called beautiful. And this is something that people don't like to see. It makes them uncomfortable. Right. You know, when you see some shady looking guy who something's wrong with him, I mean, we've all, we've been mistaken for those people also. Right. Just because the way we look, I mean, I have several stories where, and you do too, where we were viewed as homeless or a beggar. And I mean, I've told the story about Willie and I in New York a thousand times. You know, he's meeting, uh, you know, about this little duck show that we may do, and they're just in the talking stage outside the, you know, wherever their the company was. I mean, I was there to go watch baseball. We, we were going to watch the Yankees play. Yep. I was like, yeah, then nobody going to put us on TV. That's moronic. <laughs> and and Willie had bought us cups of coffee, uh, you know, from Starbucks, four or five bucks a piece, which was, you know, we were just couldn't believe it. I mean, and everybody's walking fast and think, because we were outside because they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll see you later. I mean, at some, you know, we were there too early. We'll get to you. I mean, it was like, we weren't being treated as in, Oh, come on in duck people. (laughs) You're going to be famous. And some hand dropped some coins. Willie had his cuff, his cup like this. And you know, nobody in New York really looks at you anyway. And he he dropped some coins in his cup. He just saw the beer and the camo. He saw the beard, the camo, the slight, you know, gut. But <laughs> like this old boy needs a few. <laughs> so he ruined his five dollar. I mean, it just seemed ironic in this. So mo- your expensive it, coffee has been ruined. Because <laughs> Willie was mad. We weren't laughing till later. It became funny. But I was like, he he, he thought you were homeless or a beggar. Just which I was fascinated that he he went to Willie despite him being way heavier than me. You would have thought I'm the one that needed the meal first. Like this guy's been he, stealing my food. So now him. Willie has to change. The guy dropped in there. What was his? Did he did he respond like? Uh, what? Well, the guy did it. So, you know, he, everybody's walking by, and we're just out there on a street corner. Now that I look back on it, I get it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, hang on, Jay, let's take a break. <laughs> and you've had a similar experience. <clears throat> let, yeah, let me... I, I've been to events before, and they say, oh, sir, you, you, you know, I got kicked out of the Trump, Trump Hotel, Hotel or yeah. escorted out nicely. Yeah. 
but Fam- you, famous you were at a, an event and they told you where they gave you directions to the homeless, the yeah. homeless shelter in Nashville. Yeah. I'll yeah. never forget that one. That was, was our kind of first yeah. experience with that. I mean, let me say something yeah, I was about their this. guest speaker down on the front row and some guy whispered in there. He said, there, there's a homeless shelter right up the road. <laughs> They'll feed you a nice meal. And I, I turned around and, and I said, well, you need to talk with some of these people around here. They'll feed you in. So one, some other guy come running down there. He said, he said, no, he's our speaker tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and t- I'll never forget that because we were all there, Jace, because remember we had gone to that premiere. And then uh, two people were baptized that night too. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this, the gate, because <clears throat> it is interesting. And, and I do find this as we get into it, it's it's fascinating because it seemed, you're right. It seemed the story starts out, I would say, not beautiful because <clears throat> we got this lame man. And, and it's gone from a mass, like, because yeah. a lot of people are looking for that. Oh, let's go win the masses. But he starts off. Yeah, he's talking to the masses, but he's also stopping here for a guy. It's just not something a lot of people would do. Right. So I so my thought was working on this text was was thinking did Peter and John this guy was there every day. He was carried in and put there. The interesting thing about this gate is almost all scholars say it was the eastern gate of around the city. And what's remarkable about the eastern gate is if you, you imagine as you're looking out of the eastern gate, you got the Kidron Valley right below, and then there's the Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane. So all those things we just mm-hmm. talked about in John that happened all the, through those last chapters, this is where it was all happening. So Jesus, remember that last week he was teaching in the temple, but then at night he would go out to the Mount of Olives until he finally came back in for the Last Supper. <clears throat> and the last time Jesus came through that gate, it was as a prisoner. Because remember, they arrested him out there. So I, I just thought everything that happened at that gate, and it's interesting that the first time they're sort of unleashed after they've done this big mass preaching and all these people have been baptized, it was at the same spot. Yeah, which we were there. The way, why you're there. They say it was when we went to Israel. Yeah, you know, right. So. And everyone needs to remember that when uh, back in Matthew 16, and Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say I am? They say, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. They're calling you all kind of people. They don't know exactly who you are. So Jesus said, what about you, though? What, what, do, you, what do you say? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you're blessed because you got that from God. I tell you that you're Peter. And on this rock, Peter, me being who I'm saying I am, the, the, the Messiah, will, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I, Jesus, is talking to Peter, will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So take that information. It's no accident that when Jesus leaves and goes back into heaven, and the 120 are there, and the Holy Spirit comes on them with all this. There's no accident that Peter is the one who stood up, preached the gospel. Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And when asked, what shall we do? He put them keys in that gate. Yep. And he said, here's what you do. Because of your faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the one that can save you, if you need to repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it was no accident that Peter, the one that put the keys in the gate and opened it, he's the one that did it. And think about how, how many troubles and, and mistakes he made and how forgiving God is giving him the keys to the kingdom of heaven, for crying out loud. Well, and it is a great— It's a cool read. It is a really good testament to grace because before he stood up and preached that sermon <clears throat> and unlocked that— the keys, he stood up among the 120 and started in motion the replacement of Judas. I thought, man, what a moment for him because he had denied Christ. He had felt rejected. You know, he felt alienated. And yet at the end of that 40 days, Jesus was talking about first chance he got, what does he do? He stands up. He's a leader. I, I love that phrase when it said, then Peter stood up. Yeah. I think every child of God who's put their faith in Jesus at, at some moment, they have to have that stand-up moment. Yep. You know, mine, I was like 16. I was saved, forgiven, I understood who Jesus, but I hadn't stood up yet. I was trying to survive. You know, I had my buddies around me, and they're all, we fix to go do this, we're going to do that. None of it was spiritual. I get a lot of letters, and people say, you know, I, I, I came to Jesus, but, but since then— I've got out here, you know, and I've left, got out of high school. and lost I lost my way. I lost my way. And what do you, can you help me with my depression and my, 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 he just wakes up. He's, he has no peace. Right. One after the other after the other. Jace, I believe you had it right. They, 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 they got the facts right, but they haven't stood up. You got to have a stand up moment. Yeah, it's a good way to. Yeah. It's a good way to. For all you listening, they write these letters to us all the time on what, 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 what what's happened to me because I started out do, doing well, but but now you know I'm, I'm, I'm you know I'm some of my buddies I've been running with them, I get into drugs and all this stuff and fighting with with their woman, whatever. So, Jace, you need to elaborate on that a little bit. Well, a stand up moment. I like yeah, that. I do too. Yeah, it, it's where and and that's Acts two fourteen where we're getting that. It's where he decided to go public. And what happened was without is, fear is the same thing that happened to me when I stood up. And that was a, my closest friends at a football game. And, you know, I didn't physically stand up, but I stood up for what I believed in for the first time. I, it came out of my mouth. No, I'm not doing this. Here's why. It didn't go over very well. Yep. You know, my there wasn't three thousand. There wasn't three <laughs> coming to me. They all ran like a cubby of quail. But you did but, stand up. Well, I stood up, and just like what happened to Peter, it then became easier, and then I started looking for opportunities, which is where I started. In that, I started the the people that had fallen through the cracks of my public high school, the the shy, the kind of the weird acting. The people that didn't look like they had friends, I started pursuing those people. Mm -hmm. I'd see them and I'd think, well, let's try this because I, you know, if you got ears, let him hear. And so I think that's what happened. And that's why I said I've tried to mirror my life based on what I read in Acts. When you have opportunities to share with a lot, do it. But when you have opportunity to just share with one person, right. I mean, you do it. Now, they had this miraculous gifts to be able to distribute. And I'm pretty positive this came from what they saw in John 9. 
when you had yeah. the man born blind. Right. I mean, he just right. looked at it like God's given us this power where we can <clears throat> confirm what we do with miracles. By the way, let's just let, let me give you what his line was because he said, Can I have some money? Well, I was fixing to mention that. Yeah, uh, and he's like, I'll tell you what, don't have any gold or silver, but I'll give you what I got. Right before that, let's take a break. By the way, I don't hang know. On, hang on, Dad, let's take a break. By the way, I don't know whether they ever did give him any money because he had no, something worth so. more than money. No, he says silver or gold we don't have. What I love is that Peter, he breaks the number one rule when dealing with beggars, cause, and this is still true today. When there's a lot somebody, of begging still going on. Right. So you pull up at a you pull up at a red light here in town, and it's all over the place. And when you're in New York and places like that, it's every street corner. But here it's usually at a red light somewhere. And there's a guy standing over there and he's got a sign. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is make eye contact with him. Correct. So most people just look ahead. He's looking, he's looking at you, hoping you'll look at him and read the sign. Because when you do, when you make eye contact, then you've got two choices. You're either going to feel compassion. You know, well, I probably need to help this old boy, or, or you're going to feel judgment. Look at this guy. Well, because because I mean, I mean, some are known con men. Oh, it happens all some, the time. You know, and we know that. So but, what what people do to, to avoid that is just don't look at him. So right. I find that fascinating that Peter looks at it. He asked for money. Peter looked. He said he looked straight at him. Yeah. Because and the guy looks back because he thinks, oh, I got one here. He yeah, says, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, I, I do think because it makes a it makes a point of saying that when he said, look at us. Yeah. Well, that's it's usually the opposite. That's the right. Beggar saying, "Look at me. Look, at, look me. at me." All right. And Peter's like, "Look at me. <laughs> look at us." <laughs> and, it's, and then it gives the guy. He said, and he looked at him because he thought they were going to give him some money. He had something by far that outweighs a few pennies. Well, that's the what I love about the story is yeah. that the guy really got excited and looked at him because he thought, "I'm going to get some coins." What he Ooh, didn't yeah. know. Was they were about to change his life forever. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Way, way more than that. That's much. a good point. Would you like and to when walk? people, if you unpack these things and you look at them logically, right? That's why we mentioned, you know, what governments can do and can't do. Mm-hmm. They can't provide what Peter no. and them gave him. No, they want to say we'll fix it. If you'll give us enough money, we'll send, we'll th- money will solve we'll everything. We'll send you a $600 check. Yeah. Boy, look at how long will that last? And we'll give everybody the same amount of money. We'll, we'll give everybody a raise. Everybody that, gets a Whether buck. you can hit a lick at a snake or not, uh, the money will make everybody happy. And we're saying we got something so much better than that. I mean, this is something that can restore you because that's what they did. So when the miracle happens... You know, they say, get up, and we don't have any money, but here's what we have. In the name of Jesus, which, remember, you got to go back to where the power is, get up and walk. And it says he got up, and remember, he's been lame since birth. So mm-hmm. we all know, we've seen people before, I mean, your muscles are atrophied. You hadn't been able to use them, and there's no telling what he looked like, you know, with his with whatever was wrong with it. But it said they became strengthened immediately. And he's never walked. I mean, he's oh. been lame since birth. He never walked, so he wasn't toddling around like a little kid no, does. You've seen like when deer are born, yeah. You know, they, I've seen them try to cross the road, and yeah. I'm like, "Hey, buddy, welcome to the world." He's like, "I want to run, <laughs> so, but how do I do it? Figure out how this all works." So they help him up because I mean, he doesn't know how to walk. And all of a sudden, when that strengthening came in, not only that, all the muscles are not atrophied, and he knows how to walk. And he immediately went from he's laying there his whole life to it says jumping and running and praising God. 
Well, I made that deer reference because where's that in Isaiah where it said there's a there's a, a prophecy about uh, the son of man would make the lame it says uh, jump like a deer. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that one. I'll find no, it. I mean, uh, I don't r- 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 yeah, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it. Uh, but so 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 while you're looking that up, it's it's a lot like the we talked about the first miraculous happening with the with Peter and the rest was being able to speak these languages that they obviously had had never studied or didn't know. But the point of that all was for Peter to stand up and in one language tell him about Jesus for the first time. And and he had the unique opportunity that we don't have even now of speaking to some of the people that actually were there that, that put him on the cross. Yep. It's Isaiah 35, 6. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Wow. And that was certainly applies to here. That's a good one, Jay. Yeah. Well, anything dealing with deer, wildlife, I, I've read that. <laughs> Chase knows all the wildlife texts. As the, the deer pants for water. That's why I like that Proverbs 6. We were talking the last podcast talking about stay away from the seductress. And it says, like a, like a deer before an arrow pierces his liver. Well, <laughs> boy, hey, as a hunter, yeah, that made me scared of wild women. That's Proverbs 6, by the way. And then that's where ACDC got the way. I'm on the highway to hell. Yeah. It's actually now Look a how verse. these that's things right. work. Here's just one beggar. You, you say that's uh, in that culture or today's culture, most people would say not, worth, not even worth the time right. to give him anything. When the people, all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man. This is verse 10 in chapter 3. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And here's was their reaction, which is better than nothing. They were filled with wonder yeah. and amazement at what had happened to him. Which yeah. was the plan. Because then Peter preaches Jesus the to point. the crowd. So the it has a way of, uh, Allah, what do you call it? It, it? it begins to roll one little good act towards someone. Get to attention. Get their attention. And even the ones, the unbelievers, are sitting there saying, whoa. Right. Whoa, but whoa. Look, Isn't that that old guy? Now here's, here's what happens Hang to on, the, Let's take one last break. Here's what happens to the self-absorbed. And I'm talking about religious people. They look, read this, and they think, well, how come God doesn't heal me? I mean, I'm, you know, I got my back hurting, you know, I got, or I was born. The point of this was to share Jesus where it said you they he they made that statement which is really uh not ironic it's uh interesting that he said you killed the author of life I mean I'm sure if someone heard that they would say do what now hmm. how do you kill the author of life that would Ooh. be impossible right <laughs> If he's the author of life, how could you kill him? Which is a great segue into yeah. what Jesus actually did here. But the whole point was giving him something greater than any kind of phys- physical ailment. Even though this was an awesome healing, he's jumping up and down and exciting. By the way, but we are to be more excited about what you have in Jesus. That's why it just grates on me when you go into church assemblies and it feels like somebody died. Because I'm like, 
look at this guy. They're like, yeah, but he had a miracle. Well, what you have in Jesus is not better. Well, and you had, you said the point a minute ago, Dad. It it and this is great for our audience because we get a lot of questions about, you know, how do you how do you reach people? How do you win people? How do you? But you said it. It's not that you don't have to do a miracle to do it. This mm-hmm. was an act of kindness to a man. They that had the correct. power to heal him. That is correct. And this act of kindness, and then astonish people. But it's the same today. I told you all about the guy that sent my checkbook back. I mean, I've been thinking about it mm-hmm. for weeks. I thought, what a, what a nice, uh, you know, this guy, I want to have a conversation with this guy. I was yeah. like, you know, because I'm like, I, yeah. I want to know what you, you know, are you a, are well, you a godly man? I mean, you know, because that's not normal. So people say, what do we do if you, if you live like Jesus and you do stuff he did, mm-hmm. and that's love people, then it will astonish other people who don't yep. understand, mm-hmm. and then they'll ask you why. All right, I'll give you a mantra when you run up on a beggar or a sign. Person, because hey, I may I may be that person one day with a sign, you know. <laughs> or you may be mistaken as that person. <laughs> that's, that's what a man. But before you give them money, or before you give them a miracle, because that may be what they're asking. You give them the miracle worker. Yep. That that is the point. Correct. So it's like, well, should I give this guy some money? I mean, every time I've ever unloaded some cash in that situation. Or a gift card or whatever. You know, I like gift cards better because then you know where it's going. You you make sure they know where that's coming from, and I don't mean me. And you share Jesus, and you do it based on Acts three. Right. I like it. I do. It's really good. I, I like this text because these people were there. Because then, then he starts telling about Jesus. Paul would later say in Colossians one twenty one. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. And I love that yeah. idea. It's the, it's the cross is what is what then binds these people together. In this case, these people, like you said, they were the ones that actually did it. It's funny. He said you killed the author of life, but the resurrection proves you, he wouldn't stay dead. All right. That's why I think he was being – I'm trying to think of a word here. He was being – Facetious, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like, like you killed you, you, the author of life. Right. I, I, if someone told me that, I would say because he says, "But God raised him from the dead." Do what now? <laughs> How is that possible? But I tell you another thing on what I admire about them is they had the ability to do these miracles. And in, he said in verse twelve, he said, "Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk?" They were taking zero credit for what happened. That was not the goal Correct. to say, oh. We're, that's why every time at your church, if someone comes up and starts saying, I have had a Here's special, what I've done. special revelation or have some special gift that's not, if you don't see their name in this book, <laughs> tread lightly. That's it. Because people, there are religious people who set themselves up as greater than everyone else, and they have some kind of weird outlet to God, and they're able to do these things. And most of the times, based on what I've seen, you better check how they live their life from day to day. Right. Because that's usually where the problems are. Or is it about money? Or And we all know these things go on. Right. But these guys were humble. They weren't taking any credit for it, and then they were using what was happening through the power of the Spirit of the miraculous to point people to Jesus. Before we ever arrived at University Church, I volunteered to go over there. So we went over there, 
and we help people, and a lot of people, we, we give them food cards. We have every Sunday there's a meal there prepared for the ones who are not fortunate enough to have a, have a, have a meal at least once a day. So we feed them and all that, and, and many of them have been converted, but, Jace, you had it right. All of what you do, whether it's one individual or a whole lot of individuals, when you reach out to them and just provide one little act of kindness, you just said it. Uh, why, do, why does this surprise you? Why do you, why do you uh, uh, stare. stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, watch how he turns this, this dialogue. The God of our Father has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God has raised him from the dead. They worked it around out, so they made sure from their lips they would preach mm -hmm. that Jesus was in fact who he said he was. He died on a yeah. cross, was buried, and raised from the dead. Right. It always goes back. That's why I mentioned redundancy. It always goes back to the gospel every time on every issue. I do think it's interesting, too, that they said, you killed the author of life, this 315. God raised you from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. We saw it. I mean, they're they're like, we we didn't hear uh what was that? Oh, that movie popped in my head when, uh, when Josie Wells said, I don't want to hear Wells dead. I want to see Wells dead. Hello, Josie Wells. If you're a new listener, there's very few requirements to listening to this. you got to watch Josie Watching of the TV version of the Outlaw Josie Wells is mandatory. But I just want to say, because that is the strongest evidence that this is all legit. I mean, other than the Bible itself. Do you agree? These guys would have to be claiming something that they later on died of. But you keep that in mind. That, that Peter's going to die a martyr's death, and right here he's saying, but I witnessed this man right. come back from the dead. Yep. So fast forward to the end of his life. If you're having trouble accepting this, fast forward to the end of his life. Why is he making this statement? Yep. And then later on, when his literally his neck was on the line, say, I'm not getting off of it. Right. I mean, I think it's a powerful moment that they throw that in there saying, yep, this is what happened, and we are witnesses. Also, we saw it. I also think these first three chapters in Acts, as we wrap up today, <clears throat> show you that Jesus, his investment into these men was a good investment. It was. Peter stands up twice. We've talked about his leadership. He quotes Joel. He quotes David in the Psalms. Yep. In this text, he and he was an it'll go on to say ordinary and unschooled. He quotes Moses. He quotes Samuel from. I mean, like Peter was ready more than he knew for the moment. And, yeah, the, and the thing is, Jason's right. He stood up. So we're just challenging the unashamed nation uh, to stand up today and do what's right. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.